This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. The Golden Edge Podcast is brought to you by the DeCastroverde Law Group. Our motivation is you. What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about playoff hockey, and we are here with another post-game show to break down Game 2 of the Western Conference Final between the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. I am Ben Goats, one of your Review Journal Golden Knights beat writers. On the other line is my colleague, Dave Shane. And as a reminder to all of you guys, because it's the Western Conference Final, because the Knights are in the Final Four, essentially, of the NHL, we are going to be bringing you guys a post-game podcast after every game from now on. Uh, we don't know exactly how many games that will ultimately end up being, but we know that there will be at least one extra one uh, than the minimum after tonight because the Golden Knights defeated the Dallas Stars 3 nothing to even the Western Conference Final at 1-1. We're going to break down all of the action that happened tonight. But first, I want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by the DeCastro Verde Law Group. We are also presented by DoorDash, Sunday Ticket, and FavorDrinkAFavor.com. Also, please check out all our written work at ReviewJournal.com. We've got three stories coming out of the game tonight. And of course, if you could rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts, due to this one, that would be very much appreciated. All right, to start kind of diving in, uh, what a difference a game makes. Uh, in this case, not necessarily what a day makes. Uh, it turns out the Knights forwards are allowed to score goals. It's a nifty little rule change they instituted between games, apparently. Uh, three Knights forwards, in fact, scored goals, and they won game two of the Western Conference Final. As I said, 3 nothing. This thing is officially a best of five series now. Uh, Paul Stasny, William Carlson, and Tomas Nosek got the goals for the Knights after Coach Pete DeBoer decided to mix up his four lines for this game. They were the first goals on a goaltender by Knights forwards since game four of the second round against the Vancouver Canucks. Goaltender Robin Leonard also made 24 saves for his second straight shutout and his league-leading 
fourth of the postseason uh, before we break down all the action and kind of put our own take on it. Let's quick hear from Golden Knights coach Pete DeBoer about the Knights shaking off some of their scoring troubles. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that first goal, you know, relieved a little bit of pressure for sure. Um, you know, when, when you, when you faced, when, when we, when we made the plays and put up the quality chances we did against Vancouver in game six and seven, and you don't get rewarded for it. And it's that tough. Um, there's no doubt it's human nature. It rattles you a little bit. Um, I, I don't think that played any part in game one. We just didn't work hard enough, but, uh, you know, tonight we got our game back and uh, I think once we got that first goal, uh, you know, I thought we looked, we looked like we normally do, which was, you know, making plays and finding space and sticking bucks in the net. So there's Golden Knights Pete DeBoer talking about the team kind of getting some momentum back because they finally saw the puck go in the net. Now let's get a player's perspective on that too. And quick here from Golden Knights forward Chandler Stevenson. Um, I think just, you know, obviously Stasi in that first one, um, you know, we were staying fit for, for a while there. And I think the guys were, uh, everybody was, you know, gripping our step a little tight and, um, you know, we're at our best. We had that swagger and breaking plays and, um, you know, tough to defend. So uh, it was nice to, you know, get that mojo back tonight and, um, you know, even the series. So that was Chandler Stevenson admitting the Golden Knights were gripping their sticks a little tight in the past couple of games, but certainly it seems that, you know, that grip loosened after the win tonight. Uh, Dave, from your perspective, just what was the biggest difference for the Knights tonight compared to, you know, the previous games we saw, the four previous games, both against Vancouver and Dallas, where this team just struggled so hard to score goals? All right, here's my million-dollar analysis. Ready? They were just better. <laughs> I, like I don't, I don't really know how to say it other than that. They just they got, you know, every save instead of all but one. They put a couple pucks in the net. They, I mean, they. It's such a cliche to say they played their game, and I hate that. You know, it's like it's such an abstract condo. We played our game, but really, it's more about like they kind of dictated the tempo. They dictated the style. They sort of imposed their will on the game. And if that means, you know, playing their game, then that's what happened. And I think, you know, the other thing too is I don't want to totally dismiss game one, but even Pete DeBoer and some of the players talked about it. Look, you have a big emotional letdown after a game seven victory. And Dallas had the same thing. And it, it really was reflected in that game. I mean, it's not like Dallas played all that, you know, well in game one either, like we had talked about. It was just kind of one of those slog fests and Dallas got an early goal and, and they just, you know, when the final buzzer blew, happened to have one goal and the Knights had zero. Tonight it was more about, you know, the Knights sort of playing their game, sticking with it. You know, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of things later on here and, and I'll mention them. But, you know, I just think they they continued to chip away uh, and then they made a couple plays, really, which they haven't done. And, and I guess maybe as I ramble on here, that was the difference. You know, a couple of those passes connected the pass from Patrick to Stasny in front connected. He was wide open. It just those types of plays hadn't seemed to be there 
in the last handful of games than they were tonight and they capitalized. Yeah, and a big thing that you kind of touched on there too was just kind of the Knights, I think both emotional and physical state heading into game one. Not only were they coming off that big emotional game seven, as you mentioned, Dave, uh, they were playing their third game in four nights, whereas that's the key difference, you know, from the Stars coming to that game where the Stars did play a game seven, basically a couple hours before the Knights, but that was not a back-to-back like the Knights were facing. So I think there was a point where the Knights just didn't have the physical energy to maybe quite, uh, you know, match the Stars at the beginning of that game either. I mean, Pete DeBoer had talked about how he had basically given the team the day before game one off. They only watched clips on the Stars basically the morning of game one because he didn't want to overload them mentally after the challenge that was getting past the Canucks. So tonight, it sure seemed like the Knights were, you know, more ready from both a mental and physical aspect of this game. And that just basically showed from puck drop. Yeah. And I'll jump in too. And and I guess credit to Pete DeBoer here is the line changes seem to work. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen like the exact coursing numbers in, in the breakdown, but in, in terms of if he's pushing buttons, in terms of if he's trying to get, you know, different reaction and, and, and things like that. I mean, what they got a goal from three different lines, um, power play goal mixed in there, which I think had been one for 15 at that point. So just a lot of things that, that you kind of like, if you're a coach, you know, that, that you'd like to sit back and, you know, if you're going to plan things out, if you're going to have a game plan, if you're going to draw things up, you know, look, we'd like to be able to do this, we'd like to be able to get the first goal. So we're not chasing it. We'd like to be able to get a power play goal, maybe break through a little bit. Uh, check check and then they've continued to get good goaltending um i mean robin leonard's goals against now has got to be under two um i don't know exactly what it is i haven't seen the updated stats yet as we do that it is 1.84 okay which i believe at this point is uh tied for fifth best of the postseason of course the guy that's in first right now is actually jake ettinger who relieved anton kudobin uh, in today's game so uh, not exactly a, you know, very robust lead there for Edinger because he's only made five saves in this postseason. Then in second, of course, is Thatcher Demko. Third, Trister Jari, who only played one game for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Carey Price, who was phenomenal for the Montreal Canadiens, is fourth and with 1.78. And then Leonard coming up there tied for fifth with Freddie Anderson of the Toronto Maple Leafs at 1.84. Leonard also has a 924 save percentage at this point. Both uh, of those numbers are obviously outstanding. Right. And we'll talk about the goaltenders a little bit more. But I mean, I guess maybe to wrap up kind of the point with with tonight a little bit is just, you know, it was a complete performance. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You're not going to win every game seven to one. You're not going to go out and do what Tampa Bay did every game. That's not necessarily how you break out of a slump. And I thought the... You know, the Knights put together a complete 60 minutes. They played well defensively. They did what they had to do once they got the lead, kind of suffocated things a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little lull to start the third period. But, you know, they they did what you have to do in a game two in the situation that they're in. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit here going forward as well. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, 
and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Let's start breaking down some of the Knights goals and how they kind of busted out of this offensive slump. First, uh, real quick, Dave did mention that the Knights had some line changes tonight, mainly in their middle six because Pete DeBoer kept... The first line, which he had done in a couple previous games of Jonathan Marshall, William Carlson and Riley Smith together. But then he put Alex Tuck on the left wing, Chandler Stevenson at second line center, Mark Stone on the right. And then the third line was Max Pacioretty, Paul Stasny, Nicholas Waugh. So a very different look for the Knights with the usual fourth line of William Carrier, uh, Tomas Nosek in there. And then Ryan Reeves back from his one game suspension. And as we talked about already, it was Paul Stasny that ended up breaking the ice for the Knights. And I think something that uh, Stasny said postgame was really interesting. Uh, He mentioned that despite the fact that the Knights have not had a goal from their forwards for so long, they've been in kind of this offensive slump. We're coming into game two. They had been shut out in two of the last three games. Uh, The team didn't rush things like they might have if they were really pressing for a goal. So on an opening goal that Stasny scored, you can if you watch it on replay, you see Pacioretty hangs onto the puck for just that extra beat before passing it to Stasny. He avoids kind of the shot blocker in front, and Stasny's right there to kind of redirect the shot pass right into the net. On the second goal, Carlson's power play goal, you can see him wait and take an extra half second before firing it through Kudobin. And then on the third goal, which was a just beautiful, beautiful play, it was a three-on-one involving Tomas Nosek, Chandler Stevenson, and Nicholas Waugh. You know, you have basically three beautiful passes uh, before Nosek ultimately slams it in the net. And, you know, the key that Stasi pointed out is that Nicholas Waugh, who was kind of the trailer on the three-on-one, could have easily taken the puck once he received it and just fired it right at Kudobin. But instead, he kind of continues to pass it. They continue to kind of ping the puck around and ultimately it results in a really, really pretty goal for Tomas Nosek. So Dave, were you impressed with just how precise this team was tonight after, you know, what has gone through the previous four games? And as like I said, Stevenson even mentioned the fact that they had some tight grips on their stick. Yeah. And I don't want to pick on your choice of words. I like precise, but so for me, and I heard this elsewhere, but it was a mature 
Uh, it was a mature game. That's what I liked about it. They all the times that we've talked about experience and you know, why do you go out and get an Alec Martinez is in is experience important and all those sorts of things. I'm going to throw a stat out at you real quick here that I had put on Twitter. So in the context of this morning and Jonathan March is so calling game to a must win for the golden Knights. There was a stat that was floating around that since the conference format started in the 1981-82 season, teams that take a 2-0 lead in the conference final own a series record of 31-2. and So that's like 94% of the time, if you go up 2-0 in the conference final, you go on to win. And the Knights were in that situation. They were facing that adversity. And to come out and play the way that they played with no panic, and especially after the first period where it could have all crept in again. And they said, Oh boy, we really are in one here and we're running into this. And like you said, and like Chandler Stevenson said, they were gripping the sticks and, and Pete DeBoer said, it's only human nature. Of course you're going to, you know, get I think he used the term rattled a little bit, but they didn't seem rattled. They, they just kind of kept plugging away. And then, and then once they got the one, you know, they, they pressed and, and continued and got a couple more and, and got some breathing room. And, and then again, like I said, they, they were mature in how they handled it. They're, they're an experienced team. And I think it showed in, in this situation that there was absolutely no panic in their game. Yeah. So is it any surprise then that once they got the one goal, they ultimately got the three goals very, very quickly. They almost would have had four if not for a disallowed power play goal because Max Pacioretty was called for goaltender interference on Anton Kudobin. Um, so that's one side of it. You know, are you surprised at all that the Golden Knights kind of poured it on very quickly there? And then also, are you almost surprised that the Stars kind of had, I guess, the opposite reaction to it that I would argue the Stars did not have a very mature game tonight? And once the goals started going in, they really seemed to fall apart. And we saw tons of bad penalties from the Stars tonight. They really couldn't get themselves going once they got behind. They took three penalties in the second period. They took another two in the third period as they're trying to do kind of anything to come back in this game. Um, so was that surprising at all to you as well? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I, I would be if if I was in the Stars locker room, you know, I would feel like you kind of I'm in the boxer and I went back to the corner after that round and went, OK, I'm in a fight now. You know, I think I think they realized that they're going to get some pushback from the Knights, that there was going to be some physicality coming the other way. Uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, I don't know that they had the best response to that tonight. I mean, look, we've talked a lot about their offense and how they're kind of a different team in the postseason and all those sorts of things. And, you know, the Knights have done a good job against their power play because that's been a key as to why they've scored more goals. They've got a red hot power play. Golden Knights did a really good job against that. It just it feels a little bit more like what we're starting to see in this series for whatever reason is Dallas Stars from the regular season. And the one that struggles, struggles to score goals, the one that you look around and you say when it's one nothing, 2 nothing, and they're behind, who's going to step up and score for them? 
So not to take this too much from the other side, but you know, there would, there would be some, some concern, I guess, as to what the gold Knights presented tonight, I guess. And, and maybe I'll turn around in that regard and, and just, you know, like we've mentioned the physicality that, that Ryan Reeves added something that they had pep right from the start and answered anything that the, that the stars threw at them from game one and said, okay, it's kind of, it's our turn now. And so it, it'll be interesting, you know, it's a five game series now going forward. And I think everybody after seeing two games and six periods kind of knows how this is going to go now. And it's going to be a tight, you know, close to the vest slug fest in a lot of ways. And, and I think both teams realize that. And to be quite honest, I think at this point, if that's the way that it's going to go and, you know, not now that the Knights kind of broke the seal a little bit, I think it favors them. I, I think it feels like Dallas stars, all the things that we talked about with the Knights and struggling to score, it feels like that's going to be the storyline coming out of their locker room right now. Yeah, that was certainly the storyline coming out of the stars locker room for a lot of the regular season. They finished uh, second in goals allowed, but they were 26 in goals for in terms of, you know, goals per game goals against per game, the Dallas stars during the regular season. So if they get up one nothing, two nothing, they're in really good shape. If they get down one nothing, two nothing, they're in really bad shape. And they kind of play with very, very thin margins. And certainly when the Knights play like they did tonight, they have a lot of margin for error. And we saw the Stars still got a couple of really good scoring chances tonight. But uh, Robin Leonard was so good that he shut all of them down anyway to give the Knights even more breathing room, despite the fact that the team did, of course, build itself a cushion. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Leonard's night and just the goaltending in general, because we talked about this on our game one post game podcast, which is the fact that Pete Tabor just seems to be one step ahead with every goaltending move he's made this postseason. Flurry got the kind of surprise start, at least I will say for me in game one. And he was honestly really, really strong, despite the fact that he lost. He allowed a goal on the first shot he faced to John Klingberg that ended up being the game-winning goal. But then he made uh, 24 straight saves afterward. And Nate Schmidt, after the game, that said that that game could have been way more out of hand if Marc-Andre Fleury was not playing as well as he did in the net. And then, of course, you know, this raises the at least somewhat intriguing possibility, depending on you know, how much you kind of buy into it of, well, hey, Pete DeBoer mentioned that Marc-Andre Fleury was obviously very good in game one. He thought Fleury gave the Knights the best chance to win in game one. Leonard was, of course, coming off the back-to-back starts in game six and seven against the Canucks on consecutive days. DeBoer even mentioned Fleury had a really good history against the Stars. So, you know, I think there's got to be a part in the back of people's minds that wonder, does that mean that Fleury's going to get a second straight start? Well, no. Pete DeBoer sticks to what is probably in his script. He sticks to what he's kind of mapped out. So far this postseason, he goes back to Robin Leonard and he gets a shutout. And I think it's very kind of, you know, interesting and impressive to see DeBoer stick to his plan despite kind of the highs and lows of the postseason, which I'm sure people can just pick up on even in the first two games of this series where it feels like the Knights are just at the lowest of the low 
after game one. And now, you know, it feels like it's the highest of the highs for them right now. And they're going to roll through the West, the rest of the Western conference final, which of course, you know, may or may not be accurate. Who knows? I mean, when we talk about the gold hitting, Dave, do you think DeBoer is using some sort of voodoo, some sort of witchcraft, or does he just have a really well-constructed, I would say open-minded plan for how he's going to use these guys? And are we seeing kind of the benefits of that? You know, obviously not just in these first two games, but throughout the postseason, because the Knights kind of overall goaltending numbers when you combine Leonard and Flurry uh, are outstanding at this point. I mean, I think he's just got the best tandem, to be quite honest. Definitely the best tandem left. And really just kind of, I mean, I think you make the argument, the best tandem in the in the whole postseason. I mean, it makes it a lot easier. And no offense to like, I don't know, this is just the first thing that comes to mind, but no offense to Thomas Grice, but you're not going to Thomas Grice. You're not going to Semyon Varlamov. You're going to a, probably likely your future Hall of Famer as your quote unquote backup, like we've talked about. And if he plays as well as he did in game one, and as he's played, you know, he, he played real well in that game against Chicago uh, that he got in there against. I thought he held him in there for that. So uh, th- that's kind of the advantage here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the flexibility. It's him not holding a grudge to. It's him being mature enough and professional enough, maybe competitive enough to say, all right, well, whatever happened before and with this agent stuff, like, fine. I'm just going to put that out of my out of sight, out of mind for right now to try to go win a cup. And if I think that my big guy needs a rest and I'm going to go to my hall of fame backup, then I'm going to do that. And, and that seems to kind of be what, what Pete DeBoer has right now that, you know, maybe no other coach, at least in the final four has, uh, I mean, Jake Ottinger made his NHL debut tonight. So Rick bonus doesn't have a whole lot of options in terms of going away from Hudobin. I mean, John Cooper's ridden Vasilevsky with Tampa Bay, like the whole time. So, I mean, that's not, you know, and that's just a workhorse they got down there. And, you know, I mean, the Islanders, I'm not going to read too much in a game one, but, you know, if we're going to like compare duos, give me Leonard and Flurry. So I think that's a lot of it. I, I just think he, all of the moves, all of the stuff, the company line that they tried to sell in terms of, you know, wanting two goalies and, and needing insurance and, and you never know. So far, they've been right because. Pete DeBoer has been able to utilize both of them and, and find, you know, uh, a rotation, I guess that works, keeps them both involved, engaged. I just think it'll be interesting to see going forward. You know, can you really go away at this point from the guy who's got two straight shutouts and, and four in the last, you know, what nine games, I guess the team's played. Yeah. It certainly sets up. Whereas for now on, there are no back to backs in the Western conference final one would, of course, assume that the NHL is not going to put any back-to-backs in the Stanley Cup final. So it certainly sets up well for a goaltender to basically, you know, kind of take his team the rest of the way. You get why DeBoer decided that maybe Leonard needed a quick break in game one just because he was coming off. He obviously challenging back-to-back, not just from a physical standpoint, but emotionally. That's obviously a very tough back-to-back because... Uh, your team is counting on you in that point to keep the season afloat. 
Uh, Leonard certainly still seems to have the number one job locked down tonight. Certainly uh, did nothing to dissuade anyone of that notion. So we'll see if indeed is going to be his crease moving forward here. Well, the Knights and the Stars next play uh, on Thursday, once again, at 5 p.m. That game will be on NBC Sports Network. You can also listen in at Fox Sports Radio. It will be the first game. The Stars are the quote-unquote home team. So we'll see what adjustments, if any, Rick Bonus is able to make now that he has last change and other you know tiny little advantages to that effect. As a reminder, we'll be coming to you guys with post-game podcasts every single game the rest of the way here this postseason, breaking down the Knights and their run however far that run ends up going in these playoffs. We'll also have a special episode for you guys tomorrow where we, are, where we will be talking to some special guests about the Western Conference final so far and other night's topics. So stay glued to your podcast feed for that one. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Before we get out of here, I want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by the DeCastro Verde Law Group. We are also presented by DoorDash, Sunday Ticket, and Favor, drinkafavor.com. Also, please check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com or, you know, the physical paper if you guys want to get the physical paper as well. I do. It's kind of fun having it on your driveway each morning. Uh, also, rate, review, subscribe. Whatever you do to podcast, please do to this one. For Dave Shane, I'm Ben Goats. We are the Golden Edge Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys again real soon. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two-ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First-time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.